the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Don't forget, go to ProAmericaReport.com, ProAmericaReport.com, and tune in the daily newsletter. You know, I should reveal to you, it might persuade you, if you go to ProAmericaReport.com, my daily wink, what you need to know, it goes out to about 80,000 email subscribers. And they all it's a free email. It just gives you what you need to know. It goes out at 5 a.m. Pacific time, 8 a.m. East Coast time. You get it in your email box. Got a couple of clips, a couple of articles. I hope you'll check it out. Again, Pro AmericaReport.com. And that's why, because it's me, Ed Martin, here on the Pro America Report. Super to be with you tonight. Uh, as always, it's a fascinating time due to the Democrat convention. I will give you one observation on that, a, a broad one. I had a conversation this morning with a friend of mine who's a professional um, media guy, a professional, uh, what should I say, a creator. He did some movies, but he mostly does advertisements and things. So he's he's not just the video. He doesn't just shoot the video. He's the writer and the thinker and all. He, he said to me, look, with the months that they had to prepare, the Democrats look like they're surprised. It looks like they're throwing it together. It doesn't look very professional. It's kind of done in a poor way. I think that's right. Now, maybe that's the nation of, excuse me, the nature of any virtual convention. But I got a feeling that Donald Trump, who did 14 years of primetime reality TV, I got a feeling that he's going to know how to make a show, make the thing. And even if only the culmination of his uh, speech, uh, accepting from the White House ground somewhere, something should be spectacular. So we'll see. Uh, as you know, Kamala Harris uh, is is out for her turn. She will, She's sounding as moderate as can be, uh, but she's really not. And we'll talk more about that in a moment, about what you need to know, because last night revealed what you need to know in a special way. In a few minutes, by the way, we'll talk with David Horowitz, our old friend of the program. David, of course, uh, wrote the book uh, uh, Blitz, Trump Will Smash the Left and Win. It's a runaway New York Times bestseller. He also wrote a book before that called Big Agenda, which is really worth reading. It's on my shelf right here. So we'll talk with David Horowitz. We'll also visit with our old friend Ted Malik. One of the things that I've been asking Ted Malik about, because he lives over in London, he's an American citizen, uh, is about how Europe is handling the pandemic, what the impact is, because as people complain, oh, Trump could have done more. Well, everywhere... No matter who you are, it's just a pandemic. It's a mess. And I think Europe is uh, showing that. So we'll talk with our friend, uh, our friend Ted Malik about that. All right. Before we get to that, I want to warn you back at the end of the show in the last segment, come on back segment four of the show. And you can always go to pro America report, get the show as a podcast, find the standalone links. I'm going to cover two legal things. One is the felony plea that the FBI lawyer pled to today, Klein Smith. It's a big deal, monstrous deal. You're going to, I mean, it's just incredible uh, that that happened, you know, that he that he pled guilty to that and that uh, we are now in the point where we have a, a felon at the highest level of the FBI who has signed on. And, you know, that it's, it's just amazing to think about uh, what that means. If you if you're wondering about the country, uh, just amazing. And also, I will also talk to you about uh, some of what I'm seeing on the front here in terms of judges. There's some scuttlebutt about appointments to judges. I think you're going to see more of that. And uh, also, um, I'll give you some insight on that. All right. So but first, let me get to what you need to know. 
tonight. Pro America Report. We we review, we previewed this last week and especially last night. But today I want to point to you. I want to. What you need to know is to see what I saw last night as I watched AOC accept the nomination of of uh, of Senator Bernie Sanders. She actually seconded his nomination, but instead of talking about Joe Biden, she talked about far left things and Bernie Sanders. In other words. She preserved her brand. She didn't go down into the uh, into the Biden basement and sell out. She stayed with her brand, which is far left. And Jill Biden's appearance and how she positioned it as a teacher, which is her background, and also in her old school room where she taught years ago, is a is a hammer a message a hammering message for the for the teachers unions of the country and for the country to understand what side is Joe Biden and his administration on in this battle as I've told you to get America back on her feet and I've told you and it's coming in the next weeks it's happening in many places I know it's happening in many of our our communities right now our homes and all but all across the country in about five weeks you'll have the whole country back to school everywhere. Some are back right now. I told you some in California, a bunch of them went back already in the East Coast. They go back later. But let's just say five weeks from now and you're going to have really close to hysteria from families, from uh, moms and dads and grandparents, from kids who want to get back to school. They don't want to be home. And what's happening is the teachers unions have put themselves out and said, we recognize a crisis. We're using the crisis to negotiate for our good. We want Medicare for all. We want Black Lives Matter. We want pension pay increases. We don't care about the teachers or the kids. We care about the politics. We're going to help elect Joe Biden. That's what they're saying. And when Jill Biden comes out and she talks as a teacher and they hammer home this teacher thing, remember, just two months ago, Joe Biden did a Zoom at the NEA convention less than two months ago, maybe seven weeks ago, six weeks ago. And he said there in that time, and he was echoing something he said a year and two months ago when he was on the campaign trail, he said to the NEA union, he said, when I'm in office as president, you won't just have an advocate, you'll have an, a, union, a teacher's union member my wife, Jill Biden, in there, and she'll be getting what she wants. And he has said he'll get rid of charter schools. Record number of families are on wait lists for charter schools right now, desperate to get their kids into a school. Joe Biden said, I'll eliminate that. Joe Biden said, I'll go, I'll, I'll help the teachers unions get what they want in terms of pay and in terms of control and all these kinds of things. He said, I will stop any tax dollars going in any way to private schools, Catholic or otherwise, even though he's a Catholic guy. The point here is what you need to know is what's cutting through is when we get to the fall, as the as the, the, the weeks go, 76 days from today is Election Day. And the American people are going to be looking up and they're going to be saying to themselves, why are we here where these schools couldn't make decisions, couldn't spend the millions they have to try to get our schools open? They just said no. Why is it that they're penalizing families? You know, they're sending out letters and emails to parents and they're saying, please let your child stay enrolled and enrolled through the first day of school. So for the census, for the school, we can have the maximum number and gets lots of money, even if you don't want to keep your kids in school. That's what they're telling them. They're sending out letters saying, please don't ask for tutors among, uh, among public school teachers because we don't want you to take away from our kids. Wait a second. These parents have a right to fight for their kids future. And here's what I'm telling you. What you need to know is this issue is going to become one of the two or three most important issues in the fall. And the president has positioned himself on the side of 
get back to school, play football, get life normal as much as you can. You know, use the kinds of norms, use the kinds of things people tell us to do. Fine. I understand that you got to play along with some of that. Although some of it seems a little bit over the top, but you got to play along with some of that. Be smart, right? Don't don't put people that are at risk in bad spots. But ultimately, young children that need to go back to school, you're going to hear. You're going to hear these reports. They're going to not be able to keep them down. You're going to hear kids, kids that were at home and they're left alone because the parents have to work and bad things happen. The kids that are left at home, at home and they do bad things on the Internet because they can't get the, the parents are going to be beside themselves. The kids are going to be endangered. And then... You have places like Fairfax County in Virginia that say all the kids have to stay home and distance learn. But if you have child care issues, you can drop your kids off at the schools where they're supposed to go to study. And we're going to charge you $400 a week for daycare. What? That's happening all across the country, by the way. So in other words, we can't handle our job teaching. But we're and we say it's because we can't handle the fear of, of illness, but we can't handle daycare. I mean, it's breathtaking. But back to Biden. Biden has positioned himself in in total, in totally in debt to these teachers unions. He couldn't have picked a worse uh, kind of standard bearer for one of his policies than his wife as a teacher, because he's not said, I value teaching. He said, I value the teachers unions. And more and more teachers are telling people that they just want to go back and it's the teachers unions that won't let them in LA. I got a, I've got a contact who's a teacher and she told me one of the things the school, the union is telling them is we have to stay strong because we can get these demands met. Now forget about whether it's appropriate to be demanding uh, and threatening strikes in a major crisis, right? We, we made sure in world war two, you weren't allowed to strike if you had demands because we needed the bullets, right? Well, if it's a pandemic, which they tell us it is, you shouldn't be threatening strikes. But this teacher said to me, not only are we nervous about that the, the two teachers union is saying stand with us and they're not talking about safety. One of the things they're talking about is we can't go back because you, the teacher, could be liable if somebody got sick. Give me a break. We could fix that. President Trump could fix that. The Republican Congress could fix that. Take away liability. If people are, are going to pretend they're going to plaintiff's lawyers and others come in or create a fund like they did for asbestos, a massive fund of money that says if there's a problem, here's where you can go. Insulate the teachers, protect the teachers and the students. But let's get back in school. So uh, there's a lot there we've got to cover. And that's what you need to know right now. Don't forget ProAmericaReport.com. Get over there and get on that email list. You want to be on that email list because there's about 80,000 others that are getting what you need to know at 5 a.m. in the morning Pacific time. You want to be in on that. So uh, head over there, ProAmericaReport.com. We'll take a quick break. It's Ed Martin here on the ProAmerica Report. Back in a moment. This is the ProAmerica Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome back. It's Ed Martin here on the ProAmerica Report. Our next guest is, of course, uh, the New York Times bestselling author, David Horowitz. He's blitzed. Trump will smash the left and win is his newest book that's uh, rocketed up the, the list. But, of course, he's also uh, written uh, Big Agenda, President Trump's, President Trump's Plan to Save America, and Dark Agenda, The uh, War to Destroy Christian America. Both of those I have and are really good. He's the CEO uh, and founder of the David Horowitz Freedom Center in L.A. Uh, welcome back, David. And before we get to your to a little bit more on some uh, what's going on, I want to ask you about the Democrat convention. You've been a an observer and a participant in lots of politics for what seventy five years, and you watched the the the, the uh, parade of people at the Democrat convention. First of all. Are you impressed? I don't mean that you're impressed by their quality of their arguments, but are you impressed? And second, are, are, are these the best they've got? Yeah, I'm impressed. Terrible it is. Uh, well, I'm actually <laughs> not. I, uh, 
Shakespeare has a term for it all. It's called cognitive dissidence. These people have no idea uh, how normal people look at what they're saying. You have Bill Clinton, who debased the White House, um, mm-hmm. saying saying that Trump has to learn how to use, you know, use the White House power. Of all the people, <laughs> he's not right. the one. Uh, yeah. And it goes on and on like that. I mean, it just it's just gross. Um, but when you when you show airy stuff, you know, yeah. empty promises. There's nothing concrete. There's no details, although the details would horrify everybody. Um, you know, and, and they got a guy it, who's mentally incompetent to be um, a mayor, <laughs> let alone the president of, of the United States. Uh, we're, we're talking with David. We're talking with David Horowitz. Um, but when AOC comes out and does her sixty seconds, says all the left wing stuff. I guess my question for you: the the true uh, communists, the Marxists, the, the radicals, are they really sitting uh, behind the curtain saying we can live with Biden and we're, we're going to make this work, or oh, or, no, or are they really? Any, he's a cipher. You know, you know who's going to be running the government. It'll be Elizabeth Warren and Kamala Harris. I mean, if they win, which they won't. And Kamala Harris and AOC. He's already got them. This gun guy is mm-hmm. Beetle O'Rourke. He's picked the craziest people in the party and the biggest airheads. Um, Elizabeth right. Warren, unfortunately, is not an airhead. But she's a very yeah. dangerous person. You know, she's uh, the Secretary of the Treasury. Susan Rice will be Secretary of the State. It's going to be a nightmare if they get in. Uh, we're talking with David Horowitz, and again, his best-selling book is "Blitz: Trump Will Smash the Left and Win." David, um, is the what should the Republicans do next week to counter this? How should they approach it? And, and are you confident they will, or will they fall a, a victim to I don't know the media narrative? What, what should they? Uh, what oh, should no, their convention no, no, look no, like? No, no, no. Trump is in charge, so things are going to be fine. I just got to. I got a call on, uh, from my friend Alice Johnson, who, who, who's the grandmother who is serving a life right. without the possibility of parole sentence for nonviolent crime, and it served 21 years when he let her. He got her freed. He knows just what he's doing, and it's going to be great. And I hope uh, I, I, I hope he all, he he has all government agencies. Yeah, get rid of their Goodyear tires. <laughs> That's right, exactly. Well, this, I did, yeah, yeah. Well, and Goodyear, Goodyear, Goodyear said you can't wear a MAGA hat, but you can wear a Black Lives Matter, and uh, you can't yeah, wear uh, you, can't you can't wear, wear all Blue all lives matter. Yeah, you can't, right. You can't be anti-abortion. You know, right. the Democrat. You know, I've said it over and over. It sounds extreme when you say that they're communists, but that's what they are. They want to shut down. Dissenters. They don't want to hear another viewpoint. That's why they call everybody a racist, so nobody will listen to them. That's just terrible. Uh, we're talking but with David I Horowitz. Think, David, I think it, they're matching Donald Trump, however. <laughs> 
is uh, is now. Let me ask you this question: You're a pretty good, a pretty astute observer of politics. Um, if when if Trump wins, as you say, will he lift all the boats? Will he get a Republican uh, Congress and a Senate? And will he be able to get them? I, I shouldn't do this because it's it's a little too exciting for me. But if you get a Republican Congress, House and Senate that actually believes what happened with Trump, can you envision them actually doing the things they should do? Going after you know Soros, going after the people that fund Black Lives Matter and Antifa. Is well, that possible, I, you know, David? Um, I, I, it's a tricky question. There are so, so many congressional races. Um, and, and, you know, po- politics has a tendency to be local, and it depends on the quality of the candidates that you pick mm-hmm. as well. Um, but I suspect, you know, and nobody knows where people are. I mean, it, it's it's a guess for for everybody, but I I, I think that could happen. I, mm-hmm. I think there could be a tidal wave. I think people if there was a t- with the violence if there was a t- yeah, if there was a tidal wave of uh, of of people that said we want something different, could you envision something like a uh, you know a church commission or you know a, a some kind of commission that would look into sort of all these the hoaxes and things and be fearless, you know, get somebody really fearless to lead it that would almost do what the left will do well, if the left wins everything. In bar already, yeah, in bar, just, yeah. you know, finally the a thousand arrests. 200, you know, federal crimes charges. That's that's the right. beginning. That's good. So I do think mm-hmm. we'll see some action. Republicans tend yeah. to be diffident when it comes to taking action, whereas Democrats are totally reckless. They don't accuse them of anything. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we're, we're talking we're talking with David Horowitz and again front page mag is his uh, frontpagemag.com you go there lots of his writings are there and uh, I'm looking uh, at his uh, site blitz. there we got to get a, Yeah the book is blitz by blitz Yep blitz, blitz it, the name the of the book is the civil war that we're in that's what that's how I wrote it you want to understand okay. what's going on and you want the information to fight it um blitz is the book is uh and so um david uh, uh the um what what happens with these uh cities and and are are, are they just going to let themselves keep going until they're burned out i mean what or is it is it really just street theater until well, the election what's going to republicans win big uh trump right. you know he, he he's a little hemmed in there the, the, we have so many people in this country, and that, and that includes members of the Joint Chiefs of Staff who don't understand the seriousness of these problems. Um, you know, they, I mean, that crowd in Washington, which burned St. John's Church, and was headed to, their, their intention was very clear. They want to burn the White House. And when Trump mm-hmm. called in, uh, you know, seemed like he was going to call in the troops. Um, you know, we had generals saying it's politics. We can't intervene in politics. Burning buildings is not politics. Right. <laughs> Violence right. is not politics. Politics is, you know, arguments and things like that. So, uh, you know, they have a real problem here. And, you know, also, of course, there was no complaints when Eisenhower sent the troops into Little Rock to integrate the schools, or Kennedy sent them into Mississippi right. to integrate the schools. So, right. 
Syria, the consequence of the uh, we're, we're talking with David, David Horowitz. The book he mentioned is his book, uh, Blitz, Trump Will Smash the Left and Win. And uh, as he said, it's a guide to the civil war we're in. David, uh, what about the schools? You've met you for decades now. You've talked about how the left has taken over our schools, the far, yeah, the far left. And the schools. They, they have to be. What voucherizing means is instead of giving money to left wing boards of education and left-wing, you know, school districts. Um, you give it directly in the form of vouchers to parents so they can choose what school they want. And that way mm-hmm. we can get schools that come out from under the thumb of these communist teacher unions, uh, you know, who, who, who bear their teeth. You know, we're not going to come into schools in, during the pandemic and teach Unless, uh, you know what, you have government funding of abortions. I mean, right. it's just crazy. Right. And you don't, yeah. you don't let charter schools exist. They don't want competition. Mm-hmm. So we have right. to capitalize the school, the school system, introduce competition mm-hmm. and freedom. And, and that will help us change things. Because there are a lot of decent teachers, obviously. Right. Yeah, I think that's right. And I think uh, maybe the opening, uh, you know, to, not to sound like uh, Rahm Emanuel, but of course, Rahm Emanuel was doing everything Alinsky and others taught him, which is when there's a crisis, if you're not going to make progress your direction, somebody's going to make progress against you. So I think the teachers unions you think know, they have a crisis. They can. Under the surface there, there are huge changes taking place in the country. People are leaving the blue states. I mean, mm-hmm. I hope they don't turn the red states. <laughs> People don't want to you know, <laughs> yeah. leave yeah. California because you got a 17% state income tax and you don't right. get an aircraft carrier for it even. Um, <laughs> but they, they can reproduce it elsewhere. But we don't really, nobody knows what's going to be at the end of this tunnel. There's a, a lot of changes happening. A lot of people are waking yeah. up to the dangers of having no government. Mm-hmm. All right, David Horowitz, thanks for coming on. The book, again, is Blitz, Trump Will Smash the Left and Win by New York Times bestselling author David Horowitz. Uh, appreciate the time, David. Appreciate it. Thank you, Ed. All right. We'll, we'll talk again soon. We'll take a quick break and be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Uh, back in just one moment. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Our old friend Ted Malik is with us. And we haven't talked in a few weeks to Ted. And, and uh, I was mentioning earlier in the intro uh, to the show that his perspective, he's an American citizen. He's taught all over America, been a businessman. And he's also, but he lives in London and has this perspective of Europe. Uh, so TedMalik.com is where you can go. He's got a piece up uh, in a few uh, day or so ago over on American Greatness, AmGreatness.com. It's called The Rise of the Foreign Policy Voter. And uh, so first of all, welcome. Welcome, Ted. Welcome back. How are you today? Uh, I'm very well. Good to, to be talking to you again. And, you know, in the middle of political season here. 
<laughs> yeah, it is. A, it's catnip for uh, folks like us. Now, Ted, um, before we get to your piece, I want to ask you about London and, and Boris Johnson. He he went through this period. He's he's been I mean, he's almost been as uh, as exciting in a way as as President Trump. He, he got sick. He, he was he was succeeding well. Then he's been having this that, and the other thing. He's kind of got a, a, a real uh, he's living up to his personality. Is is he politically thriving in this time? Is he on his heels? The media here will periodically look like make it sound like he's on his heels. Well, to be honest, it's something of a mixed bag. He has an 80-seat majority, so in a parliamentary system, that tends to make people lazy. He can't get anything through that he wants to get through. Sometimes his own backbenchers, uh, some of them more conservative than him, uh, bite at his heels. Uh, they're still trying to negotiate both the free trade deal with the uh, European Union and uh, what has been very slow is the discussion with the U.S. about a U.K.-U.S. free trade agreement. Um, I think COVID has, you know, as in other countries, has taken its toll. You know, people are always uh, sniping about you made the wrong decision on this or that or most recently they've made quarantine uh, for people traveling to places like France or Spain or whatever. That people wanted to go on a vacation. So, yeah, yeah, life goes on. All right, we're talking with Ted Malik, and uh, among his expertise is, uh, is uh, as his piece sits over on AmericanGreatness.com uh, starts out with the uh, the rise of the foreign policy voter um, in the 2020 election. First of all, Ted, let me let me push you back on this. Are there voters who are getting up and they're saying, I, "I'm this is what I care about"? I, are they or are they focused? I mean, it feels like they're focused on the either the pandemic or the hysteria around it and the economy. Is are you are you sure there's going to be voters on this uh, point? Well, I'm, I'm most definitely sure, <laughs> and I made a uh-huh. hopefully a forceful argument in my piece. Uh, the view is, you know, in in the establishment, let's say, or you know, for some decades, is that uh, you know, foreign policy doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, our president can make this piece of court, that piece of court. Unless you're at war, it doesn't really matter. And most certainly, people don't vote on the basis of foreign policy. What I've argued in this piece is that. In fact, when you think of Trump, it's all about foreign policy. So if if you're comparing the globalism of one democratic candidate or regime as opposed to the patriotism and nationalism of the other, that is a foreign policy discussion. If you're talking about immigration and building a wall, that is a foreign policy discussion. If you're talking about intervention, you know, whether it's in the Middle East or in some other country, that is a foreign policy decision. So the economy itself, uh, I'm an international economist, is very much tied to these questions of uh, not just monetary and fiscal policy, but primarily trade policy. Where are those jobs going? What is our relationship with China? That, my friends, is the key question for the future of America. Uh, we're talking again with Ted Malik, and you go to tedmalik.com, and you can see his uh, both his books and his essays and uh, videos, all, all kinds of things in there. Um, Ted is the um, so uh, on your piece here. I do agree with you on the. Um, well, I will let me say this. I had someone say to me who was uh, complaining. My brother, my brother's a firefighter, and he said one of his uh, his friends was complaining about Trump being mean. And my brother, who's a marine and a firefighter, said uh, uh, he and his other buddy they were sitting with the same guy, and they both said kind of the same time with different words. Yeah, but he's kept us out of wars. 
You know, for a lot of Americans, one of the foreign policy successes here is the wars have been, we pulled back, not perfect, right? We're not out of all those places, but nobody that knows. have tried to bring him, you know, into new situations or keep troops in Afghanistan or cause more mischief in in Syria. And he's he's battled them back. I mean, uh, I think that there's a lot more to do in the second term. So a non-interventionist. Uh, foreign policy that has a strong defense, clearly, even a space force, is tied to this notion of U.S. sovereignty, America first, not alone, but America uh, and, and its interests, and not all these multilateral or multinational uh, deals where uh, the U.S. gets sucked into the vortex of uh, having yet more troops somewhere. I mean, God, we still have 25,000 troops in Germany? Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> we're talking with uh, Ted Malik. Uh, Ted, also on this front, the um, the there is this sense. I think this is right that the Middle East is more peaceful, and even more that somehow President Trump has got has got people that didn't usually get along talking to each other. Right? Yeah, I think he deserves some credit for that. There are people in that big White House who believe he even deserves the Nobel Prize. I'm sure that <laughs> in Sweden does not have him on the short list. But, uh, yeah, think of what has been achieved. Even in the last week, this historic peace between the UAE and uh, and Israel. I mean, that probably would have been predicted certainly six, eight years ago, not during the, you know, the uh, peak of the Iran and dealings with Obama. So, um, yeah, the, I mean, the Middle East is not a peaceful place. So don't don't get a misimpression that, you know, everything is going to be hunky-dory and perfect in the Middle East. There's everybody's at everybody's throats. There's old rivalries. But it looks like there's a cap on some things. Uh, certainly Lebanon is, uh, is a place where there's lots of uh, unrest still. So I don't want to give the uh, audience the impression that Trump has brought peace to the world. No. Right. No, no. And, and I guess the, it's a direction, though, right? It's a, it's the direction uh, of yeah. of things yeah. that insofar as for, for, for the people North that Korea right now, I mean, I'm, right, right. It's a nutty, yeah. crazy place. But they're, you know, they're not shooting off missiles over Japan, you know, these, these months. Uh, <laughs> and again, to underscore and Steve Bannon and I and others have been making this case for a couple of years now. The real adversary in the world is the Communist Party of China. And that's a kinetic problem in the South China Sea. It's obviously an economic problem, but because of the Wuhan Chinese virus, if I'm allowed to call it that, I always do, um, and it just originated there, the problem of germ warfare is also something that we're dealing with, and the ruin to our economy, at least, till we get this V-shaped recovery fully underway. Well, let me ask you that again. We're talking with Ted Malik, tedmalik.com. You can track him down, all this stuff. Uh, the economy, Ted, I, you know, I was telling someone the, the stock markets are up, but that's only one indication mm-hmm. where in my, in my estimation, it also, you have to look at unemployment. It's going directionally right. The other two that I always talk about is consumer confidence and then a small business confidence. You know, Wall Street covers the big business. Where do you yeah. think the economy is? Is, is, it, uh, is it a V-shape yet? Can you say it really is a V-shape oh, recovery I, I or what? I believe it's a V-shape. I think the numbers prove that. I mean, I, I think the you know the anticipation of the market suggests that. Uh, you know, could it be a sharper curve in the V? I mean, <laughs> directionally straight up, I'd like to see that. 
uh, the unemployment numbers are concerning, and, and, and we should, as Republicans, we should be very concerned about this because these are largely middle class and working people who have lost their jobs and they need, and, and, you know, they need help and support. We need to get this back on target particularly for the re-election. And I think if you compare the two candidates, who can do that? One of them proved he can do that and did it over the last three years. The other one, in eight years, basically helped to ruin the American economy. So um, that choice well, is pretty easy to make. Yeah, and the other one, though, is um, is there any reason to think that um, Joe Biden would be any different than 98% of the politicians in the last 50 years who say tough mm-hmm. things on China and then roll over? I mean, every Republican that ran for president said they'd be tough on China. Obama said he'd be tough on China. They get in office and they all roll over. And if anybody is clearly set up to be, you know, a lackey for China, it's Biden, his history and his family. And, you know, Trump's clearly now, uh, you know, made, you know, made his mark now by saying i'm a stand up to china there's no there's no comparison on that front well i think it has to be hammered uh you know consistently we call him beijing joe for a reason uh and he has <laughs> been on that bandwagon literally for four decades i mean his own son took 1.5 billion dollars in funding from the chinese uh and biden in various speeches even recently has said things like, come on, man, the Chinese are no problem, or, you know, yeah. well, yeah. his own language, it's, it's, you know, it, don't give me any yeah, malarkey, it, it, the Chinese aren't evil. Yeah. The Chinese, <laughs> not people, the Communist Party of China is the root of all that's wrong presently in our foreign policy. So Trump has begun to turn that around, as I say in two words in this article, tick tock. <laughs> All right. Uh, pretty good. All right. Thank you. Uh, as always, Ted Malik will put your piece up on social media. At Eagle Ed Martin is me on Twitter, and I'll make sure to push it out. Thanks, Ted. We'll be in touch. We'll talk to you again soon. All right. Ted Malik, everybody. We'll take a break and be right back. It's Ed Martin here in the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer San Diego. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily commentary continuing the conservative pro-family legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. One after another, so-called experts on public health have been proven wrong and forced to revise their earlier statements on COVID-19. An especially shocking about-face comes from the discredited World Health Organization, which finally admitted that it is actually very rare to catch COVID-19 from someone who's not coughing or sneezing droplets into the air. These very rare cases are called asymptomatic carriers. A World Health Organization spokesman reported, We have a number of reports from countries who are doing very detailed contact tracing. They're following asymptomatic cases, they're following contacts, and they're not finding secondary transmission onward. This WHO statement directly contradicts the main reason that was given to justify the nationwide shutdown of our economy. The fear of infection from people who do not appear to be sick. The two most distinguished medical journals in the world are the Lancet and the New England Journal of Medicine. In a single week, both journals were forced to retract studies purporting to show that hydroxychloroquine was not only useless but harmful and even resulted in death. Hydroxychloroquine is the same drug that President Trump took to prevent COVID-19. Both of these studies claim to rely on data from many countries around the world. But when suspicious researchers asked to see the raw data, the authors refused to reveal it. 
these leading medical journals rushed into print with articles that very obviously were intended to embarrass President Trump. Although hydroxychloroquine is approved for off-label use to treat and prevent COVID-19, a number of federal and state restrictions make it hard to get, even with a doctor's prescription. Over 35 states limited its availability, and five states have rules that prohibit doctors from prescribing the drug as a preventative measure. If we can't trust scientists to put politics aside during a global pandemic, when can we trust them? The same politicos who criticized President Trump for not blindly following the advice of so-called experts are the ones pushing these bogus studies. Let's face the facts. The World Health Organization and the experts got it wrong. And more often than not, President Trump got it right. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. Do you like what you see at the Trump White House? Will President Trump continue to advance conservative ideals? At phyllisschlafly.com, you gain complete access to Phyllis Schlafly Eagles news updates and commentaries and can track our work on Capitol Hill. Go online often to phyllisschlafly.com. And thanks for listening to the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. Welcome back. It's Ed Martin here on a Pro-America Report. Thank you for um, uh, listening. Again, go to ProAmericaReport.com to find out um, uh, more about all these great interviews and also to sign up for the Daily Wink. And you can follow me on Twitter, at Eagle Ed Martin, at Eagle Ed Martin, over on Facebook. It's Ed Martin Live. Uh, and uh, get connected any way you can. So let me finish. Let me wrap up today with those great interviews with uh, David Horowitz as well as uh, with uh, Ted Malik. So let me let me wind up by giving you two. I mentioned earlier in the program two uh, comments on the law comments on the law number one if you haven't seen the Kleinsmith debate uh, excuse me the Kleinsmith uh, reporting uh, this this guy Kleinsmith has um, he was caught lying he was the number well one of the top lawyers at the FBI and he's caught lying and so today uh, he pled guilty in court um, to uh, the the uh, a felony count of making false statements in an official proceeding. So that was, this is the big thing. He could be sentenced up to five years. But here's what's sort of important about this. This shows that at the very beginning of the spying on the Trump campaign, as well as the Russia, Russia, Russia hoax, there were law-breaking. There was law-breaking. Now, we'll find out what else along the way. It's not clear what else there is. I, I, don't, I don't know if we can say yet what it will be. But the fact is that there was lying at the highest levels of the FBI. And for those people that think, well, you know, uh, what we you know is this inadvertent or it was just ambition or, you know, it was kind of excited. No, look, this Kleinsmith guy, they've got his text back and forth. He's basically saying we've got to stop this president. I have to tell you, I'm a little surprised that... Um, that there's not more of a call for treason. Doesn't it feel like treason? If you actually use your official position to undertake an effort to, to take out the president of the United States to form a coup to shape the election, doesn't that feel like the definition of treason? I mean, isn't it, doesn't, isn't it something more extreme, uh, more dramatic than, uh, than just a felony charge of, of, of lying or misleading or whatever it was? I, it feels like that to me.
And I wonder if we're going to, if this is the tip of the iceberg, if perhaps, you know, uh, uh, Durham, this uh, 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 U.S. attorney up in uh, Connecticut who has been asked to handle this, whether we're just seeing the beginning of, uh, of this process. Because it, it something's going on here. And so you watch that and we'll see again. Um, but no coverage, no media coverage. Even Fox News didn't cover it barely. I mean, they barely covered it. It's, it's extraordinary to see. All right, second thing I want to do, I got an email from one of the listeners, uh, someone who listens on the podcast, uh, and, and she said, can the president really host his acceptance speech in the White House? And the answer is yes. And the reason why is because there's a law called the Hatch Act that says you can't use your official office for the purposes of, uh, of uh, political campaigns. So if you're a congressman, you can't use your official office to do a fundraiser. But the president and the, and the vice president are always exempt because they, they live in the place where they work and they also are the highest elected official. Like you, you can't you can't be the president and it's, it's just impossible to navigate that. So it, it's simply true that he can do it. The question is whether whether he will do it. And if you notice one thing I point out to people all the time, the media tries to shame Donald Trump because they think he's a normal politician. Most normal politicians, if you attacked them and said, you can't do that, that's not fair, it's not right, don't do it, then most politicians back off. And what Donald Trump, I think Donald Trump looks at it and goes, oh, that must be a good thing to do. Because if they're attacking me like that, they know it's a good thing. And just remember, picture the contrast between Joe Biden this week at his convention he, he, he's, he's in his own house, maybe in his basement. I don't know. He goes upstairs. He's got some of his grandkids running around, sort of. They, they, when they had the official nomination last night, they popped out like those, those confetti things that you buy when you're having a party for your friends on New Year's Eve. It, you know, again, I suppose it was heartfelt, but it looked small time. You know, politics is is uh, well. Politics is uh, they often say is uh, uh, is um, you know uh, Hollywood for for ugly people, but that's a little bit no. But I'd say politics is a lot of it's stagecraft, right? A lot of it's impression. You don't have to like this when I finish this sentence and tell you that people always say since JFK, it's been all about a visual popularity contest, or at least a big part of it. And you know who knows that? Donald Trump knows that. Yeah, I, I guarantee you next week you're going to see a, a, a extra, an extravaganza. And meanwhile, Joe Biden is kind of plugging along. So when I don't know where Joe Biden's going to accept his nomination and probably at his, the, you know, where he worked as a, as a high school uh, um, uh, lifeguard or something in, in Delaware. And Donald Trump's going to be at the White House. It's just going to feel big. Anyway, that's all we got now tonight. Thank you, as always, to Noah, our technical director, for keeping everything going on time. Thank you to Joanna for booking these great guests. And thank you for listening. We'll be back tomorrow night. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Talk to you then.